my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that you are thriving and shining wherever you are, however you are. Remember that you are beautiful and worthy and valuable, and I need you to receive that and own it and believe it, believe it, believe it, believe it, and walk in it and hold that truth today. So today's episode, I want to talk to all of the women who currently or in the past or who are healing from trying to prove that you are different than other women when it comes to potential romantic partners. And also my hope is that this episode actually touches women who don't know that you're doing that because I feel like that is most often the case. I feel like those of us who don't know that we are self-abandoning in this way, it's not even on our radar And we may feel that we are very balanced in this area. And so my hope in me sharing what I'm going to share today will help you, if you relate to it, have a little bit of awareness of ways that you may have been self-neglecting yourself or putting yourself in relationships and in connections with people who don't value you, um, with people who may be evaluating you. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products to support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coast of Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coast of Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that aspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. 
Costa Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit CostaMaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E, dot com. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. If people that you're having to try to prove that you're different or earn their kindness or kind of stay well behaved for them to continue to think that you are worthy and different than the other quote unquote females out there. Um, And this is all done with tenderness and kindness and love because as recovering love addicts, as a recovering love addict myself, What I'm about to share with you today are absolutely things that I've said and done and believed. And it was only through time and experience and healing and bumping my head a few times and being embarrassed a few times and, you know, just hindsight that I was able to figure out, oh, I've been with these fools or I have allowed myself to be in relationships with people who actually didn't love me or value me, but I thought that they did. And again, it just wasn't on my radar. So let's talk about it. So uh, this episode is inspired by the current trend that is happening on TikTok, which is my new favorite thing. I joined TikTok. Well, I've been on TikTok. Y'all know I've been on TikTok. I've been talking about TikTok, but I actually started making videos this past week. And so now instead of me just consuming things, I'm actually kind of thinking a little bit more critically, critically about what people are sharing but anyways, um, oh, if you want to follow me, I'm at Black Girls Heal. I, I am posting things about love addiction and love avoidance and stuff like that. So you can follow me on TikTok at Black Girls Heal. But that's not what this is about. Um, there is currently a trend right now on TikTok where on my For You page where people are making fun of the talking heads and the male podcasters that use their platforms to belittle women. Um, to talk about what women are and what we are not, how we are not worthy, um, the high value, quote unquote, men, the alpha men um, that just spew a lot of hate and misogyny towards women. And there's a big trend about making fun of them with this filter. If you know, you know what I'm talking about. And so I was, I'm watching that and I'm thinking how like now, like it's very obvious that things that they're saying is not geared towards actually loving women and building women up. But there is definitely the me in the past that would hear men on these platforms and be attracted to it. I would be attracted to it because I felt like, yeah, maybe the way that they're delivering things, it doesn't, maybe they're not saying it in a soft way, but they're actually making a lot of sense. And so we can, we can take some truth from it. Um, and I would listen to some things that they would say and be like, yeah, well, you know, some women do get really emotional, but you really just have to listen behind, um, between the lines of what they're saying, because, you know, there, there are some facts there. And I used to think that I was so much more emotionally evolved because I could be neutral and take in information and filter it out. But what I had to learn was the reason why a lot of these things that were being said were not red flags to me 
is because the trauma from my past had normalized men talking down to and about women. The trauma from my past had normalized that women had to be qualified for love. The trauma from my past normalized um, outing other women and putting putting women in categories of good women and bad women and, and pretty women and ugly women and women who deserve to be treated well and women that if something bad happened to them, well, it was, you know, how they carried themselves or how they were acting or they deserved it. And it was very normalized because my past really groomed me to be someone who felt that it was normal to have to earn love, to stay worthy of love, um, to rationalize why things were not working out and um, see how it was probably my fault or in my power to make things better and not really putting as much ownership onto the other person. So when I would hear people say things that should have been, this is hindsight now, but to other people were just glaring red flags when they said it, I felt like they were being judgmental, missing the point, and that they were being emotional versus what was being said and what was being communicated should have been red flags to me, which is why I would enter into relationships with people who would undervalue me, or if I was connected to people who did want to value me, it seemed foreign to me and it just, it just didn't, it just didn't compute (laughs) until I did that healing work. So in today's episode, I'm going to go over three of the most common thoughts that I would have when men were saying red flag things that I didn't catch. And hopefully this will reach the women who need to hear it or plant seeds for those who may listen and be like, oh, that's for my girl and not realize that it's for you because that has definitely happened (laughs) to me before (laughs) listening real hard for somebody else. But it just planted a seed that I need it later on um, and or share this with someone who may need it. So the first thing that I would think when men were saying things that were misogynistic that I didn't catch because I had my own internalized misogyny was I would try to say, well, let me look at what they're saying neutrally because some of what they're saying makes sense. Some of what they're saying are are things that we as women or things that I can look at and take ownership for that is problematic. And You've even heard me say some things here on the podcast when I have tried to challenge you all as listeners, including and when I I mean that includes myself too, speaking to myself too, for us to look at our own parts and ways that we may, you know, be part of any dysfunctional cycles in our friendships and our family relationships and our romantic partnerships. The difference though is is the spirit by which someone is giving that information. So typically when someone is misogynistic, i.e. hates women, hates quote unquote females, the energy that they are giving it is to tell you why you will never measure up and why you will always be beneath them. But it is said in such a way that's supposedly supposed to be logical and you think if you are coming from a place where you don't understand 
what's actually happening, you're thinking, oh, okay, this is a guy that really wants to have a healthy and open um, conversation about this. This is a guy that's just talking about his needs and what he is wanting to feel seen in a relationship. And so because it's logical, if I do it, then everything will be okay. If I look at my part, then they will meet me where I am. But because you don't realize that this is coming from a place and a person and a source that has their own bitterness and pain towards women, it doesn't matter what you do. They are dedicated to seeing you as not good enough. Um, They're dedicated to seeing you as lower than them. They are always going to be dedicated to acting in ego and using that power and using um, their privilege to make you always work for their approval. That will never come. For those of us who grew up in narcissistic households and family members that constantly move the goalposts and narcissists, whether or not it was a mother figure, a father figure, a grandmother, a sibling, a cousin, whoever, an authority figure, If we grew up in households, we were constantly um, having to read between the lines and earn love from other people. When someone does something like this, it's not on our radar. If we grew up in settings where we had to be perfect in some way for someone to qualify for love and for attention and for care, when people talk like this, it's not on our radar. When we grow up in settings where we have to self-deny and self-abandon and consider other people's needs and what they need to feel safe and what they need to be seen and fuck what we want and fuck what we need um, because it's really about making sure that what other people desire is taken care of first. When those types of demands and words are said to us, it doesn't register to us. And it's because we are used to relationships where it's almost like the energy is there's always a debt that has to be paid. You're always depositing love and attention and words and conversations and actions into this relationship account, but the balance never never gets higher. And you're hoping for that energetic exchange for that person to say, okay, I had this belief before. I didn't think that you were good enough. I was mad at you. Um, I wasn't ready to commit. I wasn't ready to settle down. I wasn't ready to stop being mean to you. I wasn't ready to do whatever, but you have proved you have proved me wrong and you have proved that you are good enough. You proved that you're different than the others. So I'm going to stop moving the goalposts. I'm going to stop being bitter. I'm going to stop being angry. I'm going to start being open. And you're hoping that if you do enough of that, that they will change, but that day doesn't come. And again, our, our earlier templates, our earlier relationships normalize that for us. When we get in these partnerships and friendships uh, where there's never enough, we don't realize it until we are burnt out, until we are heartbroken. And even then, a lot of times it's hard for us to stop being in those relationships or being in those partnerships or being in those friendships because we've given so much. We've given way too much to turn back now. We've given years and money and time and our bodies. And, you know, it feels like we're so close and they've come so far, not realizing that they're probably breadcrumbing us or they're giving us just a little bit. Um, probably not even meeting basic expectations. And if they do meet basic expectations, it's 
for a day or for an hour um, in hopes to keep us engaged, right? It's never consistent. Um, and it's always qualified with, well, I, I'm doing this now and, you know, here I am. This should be enough for you when really they should have been doing it the whole time. But we don't realize it. But earlier I was talking about how the energy, when people give this type of what you're hoping is logical feedback, what you need to be listening for and paying attention to is their energy in the heart that they're doing it. Is it coming from a place of love or is it coming from a place of brokenness? Love looks like, hey, I'm going to tell you this and I'm telling you this because I love you and I believe the best of you and I think you're amazing and I think you're worthy and I think you deserve every good thing that you have and I'm going to come with my full heart because I think that you're worthy and I'm going to take control of my own emotions. I'm going to take control of my own dysfunction. I'm going to, going to take responsibility of my part as I show up here because I'm, I'm grown. I'm a grown adult and I'm in charge of me. And if I treat you shitty, that shittiness is on me. It's not on you. And in me taking ownership of my shittiness, I need to give you some feedback of when you act shitty too. <laughs> And my hope is if we're two adults who are here in love and in connection and in um, mutual respect, my hope is, is that if you have love for me, too, that you'll look at your part. But I'm not going to qualify and base how I show up on what you do or do not do. Right. And I also am healthy enough and adult enough to know that billions of people in the world that one heartbreak or one poor decision that some people from my past have made does not disqualify billions of other people in the world. Like it doesn't, it doesn't put us into black and white categories. I have enough insight and perspective and maturity to get to know you as a human being, as a soul, and not make you pay a debt and not punish you for, for trauma from my past, because that's my responsibility to fix. But that's not the energy that someone with that type of brokenness and trauma will come with. And so we don't see that, which leads into the second thing that I would often think when I would um, get into these relationships or get into these dynamics and fantasy relationships a lot of times, like me trying to connect to people who weren't really for me, is I would think that I would, I, I, I would think, okay, I see what they are and I see how they're talking and I see they're talking a whole lot of foolishness, but I'm still going to stay connected to them because I believe that I could be a good influence on them. I believe that maybe my friendship and me being a shining example of how great women are, that my friendship with them, or if I was romantically connected to them, that my relationship with them will change them, <laughs> that they will see me and think, okay, well, maybe, maybe I was wrong. And a lot of times we will, as codependents, we will take responsibility for someone else's trauma by personalizing it, or not even personalizing it, but us trying to to save in this way by helping them heal, not realizing that if someone is not ready to look at their mindset and look at their perspective and look at how their point of view may not be accurate, it doesn't matter what you do. 
it makes it makes no difference what you do or how you talk or how you show up. Um, you are going to be a, a great woman until the day that you're not. You're going to be a great girlfriend until the days that your your actions no longer benefit them. Um, you're going to be a great friend, a great female friend in front of their face, but then behind your back, they're still talking shit about women and, and all that. Like Part of the trauma of being a parentified child or a child that grows up in a codependent family is we grow up believing as little kids because we're giving so much emotional and mental responsibility we grow up to be adults that believe we have more power over people than we actually do because we had grown adult people who projected that responsibility onto us, that neglected them being in control and them being in charge of their own emotions, them being in charge of their own um, relationships, being in charge of managing their own selves, and they made it seem like or they actually did give us quote unquote power to make everything better in the family, right? Um, we had to be the heroes or we had to, you know, you, you, you know, the, you know how it went if this was your reality. And so we grow up to be women or persons who believe that we can change the trajectory and change the life and the happiness of other people. When one, that's never been your responsibility in the first place. Two, it was part of your trauma that anybody will put any responsibility on you outside of just being a happy, happy, healthy little girl or little person growing up and just playing and learning and exploring. That was your only responsibility. That should have been your only responsibility as a young child. And growing up as an adult, your only responsibility still is to take care of yourself. And I do believe being a contributing member to society but you ain't nobody's therapist. You, you're not on the clock. And that's not your responsibility. It's never been your responsibility. So we continue to normalize going back to, you know, feeling like we're a good influence. The more we're around these types of people and these types of relationships with people who really don't have um a love for women because of their own trauma, because of their own brokenness. It's things happen overtly and covertly around us in these relationships all the time. And so it normalizes these mindsets again. So when we meet other people romantically or otherwise who think the same way, it it just feels like, oh, this is just how people think. And this is just how it is. And so the red flags don't go off. And so we continue to be in relationships with people who we really shouldn't even be talking to in the first place, who should be in absolute, oh, I see what this is. I see where your mind's at. Absolutely not. Right. But we don't. Uh, Going back to the first one, just to be clear, I think I was clear, but just to double down on that, for those ladies who really do want to be in relationships and sisterhoods and brotherhoods and and just partnerships with people who will tell you the truth and who will give you feedback. Please make sure that you're only doing that or being partnered with people who come from a place of love. A lot of times we will seek out or feel feel grateful for people who we may call it telling it like it is, right? Who who shoot it straight, 
who who don't have a filter. And if that person is not coming from a place of love, what we may be attracted to is not actually this person who is blunt because you can be blunt and come from a place of that love and an open admiration. But what we could be seeking out is people who are just as critical or mean or emotionally neglectful and abusive as our caregivers were. We may be attracted to someone who talks to us just as crazy as um, that teacher who was so critical from our past or that mean granny or that military father or the person who just didn't have any softness to us when we needed that praise and admiration. So as adults, we find people who talk to us that same way and we feel we feel comfortable with that. But then realize then but then wonder why we feel so low and why we're constantly judging ourselves and why we're feeling like we're always missing the mark is because we're surrounding ourselves with advisors and voices that don't speak to us with love. And then it's hard for us to feel full of love. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense because you're not in front of me. You can't you can't talk to me. Um, but hopefully that makes sense. But I just wanted to be clear, this doesn't mean um, you can get, sometimes we feel like sometimes kindness can be so foreign that it feels like coddling, right? To, to meet people who speak to us with admiration and respect, it feels one that that's not realistic, right? That me even saying that right now, it's like, oh, she's living a fantasy world. People aren't always like that. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. If you find the right people in your life, my love, I promise there are people who will tell you the truth with love, right? Last last week's episode, I was telling y'all how I've been told feedback from people who told me the truth in love, right? Me being able to think critically about myself and still come to a place where I'm doing it in love is an example of that, right? Um, Holding my feet to the fire, and looking at ways that I may need to grow in love. And that's the same energy that you can come to yourself with as well. And that other people can come to you with as well too. So for this one, believing that by being around them, you will be a good influence to them. And so you stay in relationship and friendship with them. Um, what you need to do instead is to run. It is to run. Again, if they are not paying you for that member mentorship. <laughs> if you, that is emotional labor, that is not your responsibility. And that's not because you think that they are um, bad people, but, but because that is trauma to your heart and that is trauma to your spirit. Okay. If they ever out openly ask you for feedback, then you are totally open to give it to them, but you will know if they are actually open to the feedback, if once you tell them, say you're in a conversation, uh, you know, like a lot of these podcasts do where they invite people on onto the podcast and they talk about things or, you know, this is just you, you and your friend talking and they ask you your opinion on something and you give them your opinion and then they turn around, turn your comment around and make it seem like it's nonsensical, like you're being emotional. They call it playing devil's advocate. They constantly project and there's no, they ask you for your opinion, but there's no openness in them receiving it. Girl, they just want to argue. 
they they mad. You can't argue with them. Like that you need to listen to people's actions and also listen to the words that they say. And then note notice, okay, is this actually an, an available person to me? Is this a person that says they're available, but their actions show otherwise? And if so, you need to place them in the category that they belong. I've said in a previous episode, and y'all don't don't get mad at me. I don't remember the episode um, name of, <laughs> but it's the one that talks about levels of intimacy and how there's a big spectrum between cutting somebody off and letting someone be a part of your inner circle. And many of us only have two modes. Modes Either we're bestest friends if I like you, or I don't talk to you ever at all. Now realizing that there's different um, modes, there's a spectrum in between. And so that just means that maybe this person was someone who was in your inner circle, or you wanted them to be in your inner circle, but there's just a little bit of discomfort. It just means that you bring them down a couple levels right? Maybe they are associates or people you see at group functions and people that you say hi and bye to, but maybe those aren't people that you... Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Let into the inner crevices of your heart where they may just be wrecking havoc, okay? Or you're giving more than you're actually receiving. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. 
Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. The third thing that I would think when I was around people who were kind of giving off red flags that maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should have been paying attention to, but I, I wasn't because I just thought, you know, people have different opinions. People have different points of views. It's not that big of a deal. I can, I can see where they're coming from. I see their heart underneath all this. The thought I would have is I would try, or the thought process I would have is I would just try to be chill again and not be too sensitive, to not be so emotional. If if you are familiar with any of these platforms or people who have misogynistic views, a very big criticism that they will have towards people who identify as women is that women are emotional um, and that it is it is a, a deficit or a defect that we have to be so emotional. And so the way that you earn the approval is to not have any emotions at all. That when they are doing things and saying things that are completely out of line, that you should be reasonable and rational in being able to talk about it, which is actually code for do not hold me accountable for anything at all. Because even if you do talk to me, quote unquote, calmly and rationally, I'm going to say that any response that you're giving is you being emotional. To not be in your feelings is is the statement a lot. And here's what I really want y'all to know. It is, there are things that people do that should absolutely put you in your feelings as they would describe it, right? I wouldn't say it as you getting in your feelings because that is a synonym for you are overly sensitive, that you are playing victim, that your emotions do not match the event that happened. But if anyone is putting you in danger emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, sexually, financially, if anyone crosses your boundaries, if anyone is invalidating to your needs and your safety in those areas, an emotional response or emotions, having emotions or thoughts or feelings about it is healthy and normal. We are not robots. And if someone is being destructive in that way, you should absolutely have a part of you that's like, hold up. I don't think that this should be happening. We can and we are trained in our trauma if we were neglected in this area to let what anyone says or what anybody does slide, right? Some of us got praise as little girls for being so easy as a child to take care of, 
right? Because maybe we didn't cause a lot of problems. Maybe we were we were easy to get along with. Maybe we got praise and we really esteem to be the girlfriends that don't cause a lot of ruckus. So much of the society and its systematic sexism is built on women being silent and us just going along to get along. But what I want you to know is that when it comes to your boundaries and when it comes to you being respected and your voice being heard and your body being protected and your sense of beauty and your 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 body image and how people talk about you and treat you and talk and treat women and people who look like you and people in your community. When it comes to that, there is no agree to disagree. There is only agree. There is only agreeing that women as human beings deserve to be loved, seen, and protected. If anyone hears that, just that simple statement, that women are human beings that deserve to be loved, seen, and protected, and there's a but that comes with that, hold up, cut the tape. What what you mean? But, but what? But what? Are you about to all lives matter me when it comes to that women deserve to be loved, seen, and protected? Are you about to say, but what about the men? What about the men? Men deserve to be loved, seen, and protected too, but we're here talking about women. Can, can we talk about women, right? And as that's, if that juxtaposition helps you hear that, that that's an all lives matter statement when someone follows up with a but, when talking about women being loved and esteemed, that that's what they're doing, then please receive that. But bringing it back to this point, if if I or if you, if anyone listening to this, I'll just use me because it's easier to use um, me as a subject instead of um, general examples. If I'm coming from a place where I'm trying to be the cool friend or the cool cool girl in the group or the cool girlfriend. And I'm believing that my ability to influence this person or these people that I feel like have great hearts and great potential and have been my brothers in so many ways and for so many years, if I'm believing that my ability to influence them is by me proving that I'm different than the other women and I can be chill and I can just go along to get along, when they start saying sideways stuff that objectively needs to be called out, I will either let it go. I will maybe uncomfortably laugh and say, y'all know y'all wrong for that. Or I might even debate them. And because I'm trying to be there and stick it out for them and believe that they're redeemable and that, you know, they'll, they'll turn a corner I will still stick it out even when they project onto me or talk about how all women are and never concede that some of the things that they are saying is just pure trash and they're wrong and I'll stay. And something that I had to learn is that no matter what I say sometimes, if I stay in a relationship with someone who doesn't respect me or see me, That is me saying I agree with them. That is me validating and affirming that what they think and what they believe is okay because they are treating me in that way as well. 
Okay. Let me, let me pull it out of the friendship example. Cause I think that, that dynamic could be easy for someone to say, well, how they treat other women that they date and everything has nothing to do with me. I want just before I move to the romantic example, I want to point out that phrase that we all know that the company that we keep reflects is a reflection of reflection of the energy around us. So if I am constantly surrounded by people who are knuckleheads and who see the world from a very immature point of view, no matter how much I try, I am is going to be very easy for me to get in partnerships with people who are also immature and only see the world through a limited point of view as well. And then I keep hitting my head and wonder, why do I keep getting these people who do not want more? Well, it's because my in my in my range and in my energetic flow, this is what I'm used to. So when people start talking this nonsense and showing signs that they don't actually respect women, don't value commitment, don't really um, see long-term relationships as possible, uh, that qualify relationships and, and categorize other people based on their bodies and based on body count and based on all these superficial issues from their own projection of trauma. I don't see that from our first interactions and I get attached to them because I haven't raised my standard of the people around me. If you want relationships with people who are healthy, you have to surround yourself with other healthy people, which means that you may need to break those ties. But anyways, going to, let's say you are already partnered with someone who has their own sense of maybe mother trauma that they've experienced or just and or full out misogyny or just brokenness and trauma towards other women, you may be staying again because you see their good heart, because you see the good things that they try to do, uh, because you see sometimes y'all have good times together. And so you're trying to make that outweigh all the negative stuff. And you staying in that relationship that's full of toxicity and you're believing that, well, because I call them out on it and because we have conversations about it and because I tell them that I'm not going to take this, they know. And so because they know, then it's going to change. I just have to give it time. What I want you to know is sometimes your presence is actually reinforcing that behavior because they know that you may talk all that stuff, but ultimately you're not going to go anywhere. And if you do go somewhere, it's only going to be while you're mad, but you're going to come back. You're going to come back because either they're going to win you back or once you're done being mad at them, you'll unblock them or, you know, they'll stay gone for a little bit and then shoot you a happy birthday message or check in on you or leave something at your place or you'll leave something at their place or, you know, y'all got kids together and so you'll stay in communication, but they just know that after you talk all your mess, that it's going to, you're just going to come back together. And the reason that that happens, which I have not specifically said, I've alluded to it, but I haven't specifically said it here in this podcast yet, is because you need to work 
on your self-love and your self-esteem. How you feel about yourself is how you're going to command and demand that other people treat you. If you truly believe that you are worthy and valuable, you're not going to let someone treat you like trash and disposable. Some of you have very expensive bags that there's no way that you would even let it touch the floor. There is no way. That is just the most unfathomable thing in the world. And yet, you are in re- and you are worth more than any bag, any possession, anything, right? And I know that's a superficial example, but it's true. Um, just the care and the respect that you treat this possession shows how much you respect it. And meanwhile, you may entertain relationships and friendships with people who are disrespectful towards you and who are dishonest towards you and who treat you as a revolving door and take for granted your kindness and your love and your dedication and your fidelity. And sometimes we can mistake our anger and our rage are legitimate. By the way, it's legitimate. That legitimate and justifiable anger and rage in the moment as self-love, which is why we will do the ultimatums and leave and cut them off and everything. And so that anger at first may be the initial spurt to try to get you away from the danger or get you away from the trigger or get you away from the person or the thing that has really hurt you. But it's the self-love that's really going to make sure that you only allow yourself to be in places and in relationships and situations that esteem you and respect you as a person, right? So when you make a decision out of self-love, is you're, you're able to look at the person and say, you know what, this is what I'm worth and this is what I desire and this is what I deserve and this is what they're able to give, And so because I love and esteem myself enough, I'm only going to put myself in relationships and places with people who can meet me with what I need. And I don't need to that that doesn't require me to look down on them and to say they they ain't and they ain't never going to be, you know, I don't know why I censored that when I've been cussing this episode, but um, that doesn't require me to look at them as less than. But it's more about me honoring who I am and what I'm worth. And so that means that's the protection. Self-love provides that protection without us having to become avoidant, without us having to swear off relationships and swear off people because how we feel about ourselves and how we see ourselves is the constant. So there's no more qualifying, okay, with this person, here's the rules I'm going to give them. And with this person, here's the rules I'm going to give them. And you just kind of, you feel like you're kind of going all over the place because there's different levels and standards for every person because you're not coming from a central place of, no, when I am in friendship with people, this is the standard that my love and my connection and my presence requires, right? And when I'm in romantic partnership with someone, this is the this is the energy that I require there. I keep going back to what someone who is uh, a part of this population would say. When, when, you, when you come from that place where you're like, well, I'm deserving of love and everything and I'm deserving of the standard. 
what they would say is, well, what about us? What what are men deserving? The exact thing. The fuck? What do you mean? What what even is that? You know, the 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 underlying belief is that you I have to put me down to esteem you. And that's not how healthy relationships work. That's not how healthy friendships work. That's not how healthy families work. Right? There's enough space for everybody. There's enough space for everybody at the table. This table that everybody's talking about that we're, we're, we're supposed to be bringing stuff to. There's enough space for everybody. Okay? So, chill. <laughs> so, I hope that this is helpful for those who needed to hear it, for those who didn't know that they needed to hear it, for those whose friends or loved ones shared this episode with you, uh, and even for those who are like, I don't agree. That's fine. That's totally fine. My hope is that this has planted some seeds for you. And for any women who may consider themselves, um, you know, pick me's and recovery. I intentionally did not want to say that word uh, during the beginning of this episode or even throughout the the middle of the episode because for women who are learning about themselves and learning how to heal from some of these internalized messages, some of this internalized um, codependent behavior, that word pick me is absolutely meant as an insult and it is absolutely meant to try to jar someone out of problematic thinking but I think a lot of times it puts those of us who don't know and are really trying our best and really want to we really want to consider the best for other people while also staying open uh what it does is it puts us on our on the defensive and it hurts our feelings and it really doesn't snap snap you out of it if not make you dig your heels in a little bit more. But um, again, I just hope that it illuminates what may be happening for some of us and gives you some some hope and some, some next steps to do instead of what you may have been doing before. To be clear, the last one, uh, which is trying to be chill and not be too sensitive, the thing for you to do is to speak up for yourself and or leave the situation and be with other people who will pour into your self-love, that will pour into your self-esteem and who are actively doing the same for themselves. We are not here to be projects for anyone or to pick up projects for other people. Um, and my, my other sisters who are in the helping profession who love to help other people, I really encourage you to make sure that your that your inner circles and that your safe people are people who meet this criteria as well, um, who you are able to just chill and relax and meet people as peers instead of you saving people in your personal time as well. You deserve a break and you deserve to chill and you deserve to be poured into as much as you are pouring into other people, okay? And one more thing I want to add as um, I'm listening to this episode post-edit, I'm listening to this very late <laughs> at night and I recorded this episode late as well, but 
Um, as I listen back, I think about how it can feel really embarrassing talking about what love addiction or codependence looks like in your everyday life or what it's looked like in your relationships versus love avoidance symptoms, which is very much about being in control and being in power. And when we talk about love addiction, when we talk about codependency, we're talking about ways that we will self-abandon and self-deny and make ourselves small to fit into somebody else's life. And for women who may pride themselves at being very self-sufficient and independent and not taking mess in different areas of their life and being very self-assured in areas, looking at these mistakes and these um, potential mindsets that we may have made in the past or maybe are currently making, it can feel very exposing and vulnerable and, and, and shaming and uh, you may want to criticize yourself and be like, well, what am I doing? Like, and just feel very foolish. And I, I do not want, I mean, of course, you you can feel however you want to feel, but I want to encourage you to use, to, to use some self-kindness and some self-compassion. Uh, I really try to reiterate um, multiple times and also explain how a lot of these mindsets and things that we may have been doing are just learned responses. You know, we we came into this world just wanting to be loved and we learned how to love and how to receive love and how to give love from our setting around us. And we grew up into adults who did the same thing. And that's not a um, victim stance to have, to have because a victim, someone who is acting in victimhood will use something as an excuse, but we use this as from a place of understanding, of understanding that this is where this originated from. This is how it has carried me through life. This is how I have adapted it. And now I have a choice to do something different, to believe something different, to heal these different parts of myself and connect in a different way. It's a very empowering stance, right? It's not about blame shifting. It's about just understanding where this comes from. And so in you learning how to change the narratives and to change the way that your relationships work, I invite you to start with yourself and to start with knowing that what you have done or what you have been doing or what you have thought before or if other people watched you, you know, make some mistakes and uh, really cheer on and try to protect people who didn't protect you. And you're looking back in hindsight and you're like, girl, what was you thinking? And Oh, these people saw you or you must look so foolish or whatever else. You have always done your best, girl. And if anything, if anything, what I have learned is that you are not the only one. And most likely, anyone who was around at that time who loved you was also looking at you with compassion and not judgment. And people who loved you, if they have watched you at places where you may have been making mistakes, they have most likely been holding space for you and just hoping for you to get to a place where you could see what they see, but not from a place of criticism versus true support and esteem. 
And if you have a hard time receiving that and believing that, I want to add one more thing to that truth, which is we have all, we have all women in general, people who identify as women and people in general have at one point in our lives had blinders on in some aspects when it comes to our relationships. There are millions and millions of songs, poems, stories, uh, you know, just tales that talk about learning these lessons. So you are not the first person and you're not going to be the last one. And this is just a part of us growing in wisdom and in love and getting closer to creating the lives and relationships that we want um, by learning what we don't want and learning what doesn't fit for us and growing. So hopefully that's helpful. So that is it for today's episode. I hope that y'all have a great week and just a recap. If you would like to follow me on TikTok, we'd love to have you. You can follow me at Black Girls Heal. And uh, if you would like to stay connected via text, in case you're, you're like, I don't need another social platform. I don't want another social platform. But I am down for some inspirational texts a few times a week. Uh, you can join us by texting the word podcast to the phone number 832 219 seven eight one five uh of course country code one for the united states but i would love 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 to have you there as well and in case you're driving or doing something else the phone number is also in the show notes and uh yeah send a couple texts a week whenever i feel inspired to share a lot of times people respond and say it's right on time so hopefully those texts will be inspiring to you as well and i also use it to get your opinions on things hoping to do some meetups and other events and so i've been really enjoying and appreciating people's feedback about that whenever i survey our text list about different things coming up so That's it for this week. I hope that as always, you're treating yourself with kindness, with grace, compassion. Please give out some love to people. Give out some love to the people around you, to your friendships. Invest in healthy sisterhood and brotherhood relationships with people who are showing up as their best selves. Treat everybody with an open heart, except for the toxic people. Put boundaries down with them. And in all things, make sure you you take care of yourselves. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.